0: Hello and welcome everyone. This is the Ace in the Wild podcast. I am Desi, your host, and today we're going to be talking about Christian Weston Chandler, or also known as Christian. He is arguably the most documented person in recorded history. He is on the autism spectrum, and there are countless videos of him online, and I have some opinions about this individual. I'm going to refer to him as he-him pronouns because I'm going to refer to his early to young adult life. He would later transition to a female later on, but I'm going to be covering the earlier part of his life. And my main objective of this is to illustrate the problem with internet trolls and bullying, why it's important to have preparations for certain spaces on the internet, and analyze how poor parenting can lead to struggles in teenage years and adulthood. And finally, What many of you will probably skip forward to, if you know who Chris-Jan is, is determine whether Chris is a victim, villain, or a bit of both. So a good portion of the information in this episode was derived from a YouTuber called Gino Samuel. He has done like a 65-part documentary, each video ranging from 30 to 40 minutes. If you want to know more about Chris-Jan, please go look it up. It is very well done. It's one of the best documentaries I've ever watched. I'm going to focus a lot on his childhood and early adulthood, and not so much his episodes later in life, because that is really not the focus and point of this video. I just need to give everybody a context of who this individual is. A lot of people don't know who Chris Chan is, and a lot of people listening to this channel, like my best friend doesn't know who Chris Chan is, and I had to explain to them who this individual was and why I felt so strongly about it. So if those of you who know who Chris Chan is and want to skip ahead, feel free, I'm just going to more or less go into what made Chris the way he is, and who he was when he first became famous. Christian Weston Chandler was born Christopher Weston Chandler to Barb and Bob Chandler in 1982, and Bob and Barb had had previous relationships and previous children in relationships, and they weren't the best of parents, so this was very much their way to redeem themselves. Christian was diagnosed with autism at a fairly early age, and both of his parents were aware of this fact. The parents would go out in the evening, and when Chris was young, they had a caretaker. Chris claims that this caretaker, basically because he was making noise, being annoying, she stuffed him in a closet. And he claimed because of this, he didn't speak until he was seven years old. And he went to the mall one day, and he read the back of a Transformers toy. And that was basically his, when he started talking again. And a little later than this, they went to the mall again. And Chris basically had was in the front row to this orchestra of singing bears or whatever. Basically these bears in costume. And one of them was in the front row. Or I should say Chris was in the front row. And Chris caught that one of their attention and one of the men in bear costumes asked Chris his name and they misheard it, Chris said Christopher, and instead he heard Christian, and he started calling Chris Christian, and Chris, after this, insisted that he be called Christian. This was a very special time in his life, and his parents, always basically folding to whatever Chris wanted, had his name legally changed because he heard his name wrong. It's kind of a bit of ridiculous, but this is one of the first of many examples of Chris's parents folding to his requests. One of his early examples of gullibility is there was this neighbor called Sarah, a kid about his own age, and he told him that Casper, the friendly ghost, was under the house in the crawl space and tricked him to going in the crawl space and then closed the door behind him and forced him to sit in the crawl space with the spiders and mice and rats for about three or four hours until her dad rescued him. Around this time, he also got Patty the dog as a puppy, and Patty the dog was the only thing I think that Chris truly legitimately loved. Patty was a mixed breed dog, I think a cocker spaniel mix or something like that. Patty was very much like a therapy dog for Chris, and this is an example of animals being really good for autistic people, being very good for comforting them, and Patty is a prime example of this. Patty was the only, <laughs> I guess Patty was the only therapy that Chris had in his early youth. At this time, Chris went to school, and instead of going to special education, he went to regular school, even though he was... Suggested he went to special education because he was on the spectrum. And at school, he had outbursts. He got put in scream rooms, which are rooms basically designated for kids on the spectrum or kids that make a lot of noise for them to basically scream themselves tired. I think it's a form of abuse, and a lot of other parents do too. But at this time, this is the 90s, or I guess this is the early 90s, so there wasn't a whole lot of uh, understanding of the spectrum. And one of these outbursts was recorded. Chris claims that they tore his shirt off and did like some abusive stuff to him and probably while they were recording him it was to show his parents that he was a, a nuisance and that he was a distraction but of course Chris claims that there's abuse and his parents went along with it claimed that they were abusing his son and they transferred him to a school and fortunately at the school he met his new teacher Miss Sanford who was a major influence in his life and who was a positive force really encouraged him to be more social and to be more understanding with kids wrote him a really nice letter when he graduated middle school and he retains a very high opinion of her patty the dog and miss sanford were really the only positive forces in his life at this time and he was basically spoiled rotten as a kid he was given toys he never had to earn anything he didn't really do much in the way of chores his parents basically chris was their redemption arc chris was their way of proving to themselves that they weren't terrible people And so they spoiled him rotten and gave him everything he wanted just to make him as happy as possible. And this was another reason why his growth was stunted. And moving on to high school, Chris, like me, sought out girls because girls are often a lot nicer than boys. He was stunted, as was I, although not nearly to the extent of him. My parents really didn't give me much of anything, which I'm grateful for because I had to do chores to get stuff that I wanted. I lived on a farm, and if I wanted to buy things, I'd have to go out and I'd have to work. Chris never really had to do this. His parents just gave him everything. And he had his group of gal pals, who basically were his shield. Basically ate lunch with them every day, and it's suspected that this was an arranged group of people to protect him by his principal and by Bob. High school, nonetheless, was a good time for him, probably because he spent most of his time playing games, which I can relate to. He claims he had good grades and was on the honor roll. He ended up having a D average and failing out a bunch of his classes. And all of this is documented, by the way. When he was on the school bus, he would sit in the front row, and basically, as soon as the bus stopped at his at his house, and as soon as it got off at the school, he was always insistent to be the first one out and the first one in. And this, of course, was a selfish behavior, and the other kids weren't having it. And one day he got in a fight, and this was probably a recurring thing, so he was transferred to the special education bus or the short bus, and this was a traumatic thing for him. Again, he's the victim. His parents had a fit about it. Everything else is everybody else's fault, and he's just the victim of a cruel and mean society. And just as an example of how other kids saw him, there was something called Warm Fuzzies, which was basically a project where the kids say nice things about one another. And I've had these before, and most of the time it's, you know, people write a few sentences to a paragraph about what's you know, cool or nice about the other kids in their class. A lot of the time it's like, oh, you're so nice. You're so special. You're such a good friend. Oh, I love the way you dress or you're very kind. You're the coolest person ever. It's like a an good icebreaker and it's a good way for students in high school who are often mean to each other to kind of bury the hatchet a little bit. And this is all documented, of course. All the kids had to say about Christian was is he's an okay person. They like his watch. They like his like the, his clothes, which that's kind of interesting because he wears the same clothes every day. But they didn't really have anything to say about him, which means that he had little interaction with his peers, which means he was probably off doing his own thing, and outside of his gal pals, didn't really have any interaction. Around this time, it's the mid-90s, Pokemon came into the foray, and Chris, being into games and into cards, fell head over heels for this. He started dressing as Ash Ketchum, which was the first time of many times that he cosplayed. started going to this public place called the Game Place, which is for people to play card games, video games, and Dungeons and Dragons, I imagine, and stuff like that. And Chris was 17 years old at this time. And this news crew that came, it's kind of funny seeing the 17 year old Chris playing with these 8 8- to 12 year old kids and yelling at them every time he loses and they think that they're cheating. <laughs> and it's it's very amusing to watch. Chris had also started making videos at this time, a lot of them documenting his encounters at school, and one of them complaining to an English teacher about giving him an F. And at his graduation, Chris, being a mediocre student, had like a D average, but he felt he was like this autistic warrior, and felt that he was entitled to some sort of accolade, some sort of recognition, and he had felt entitled to a grand reception, we'll say. And instead he didn't receive anything of the like because he was a mediocre student, he hadn't done anything special, and He hadn't really interacted with anybody, made any friends. This is one of the first few examples of his delusions of grandeur. And instead of, you know, going up, shaking hands, taking his diploma, he just walked up, didn't look at anybody, took his diploma, found a place or or found a table that nobody else was at started crying. And this is one of the first times we see Chris get emotional. And it wasn't about anything, any tragedy, any heartbreak which would occur later on in his life, but it was about him not getting recognition and him not getting his way. Now this is a recurring theme, and now that we've addressed his early childhood to high school years, we want to talk about his parents. Bob did not want to put Chris in special ed. This was an issue with pride of his generation. My dad was similar when I was having my struggles. It wasn't really an issue about a mental disorder. I mean, ADHD, yes, and of course being borderline spectrum. A lot of issue with that generation is they just don't understand mental disorders they think it's weakness they think it's a personal choice just like they think homosexuality is a personal choice and they think you can just you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps and overcome like depression they think depression is made up a lot of them do at least those that don't suffer from it and they think that it's all just a bunch of wussy stuff or whatever it's all a bunch of made-up stuff bob constantly defended Krista's actions both of his parents did which would add to his victim narrative they taught him homophobic and sexist behavior and barb was a hoarder and initially when they first bought their house it wasn't too bad but barb would eventually just keep collecting random crap and it became so bad That later their house would they'd have a fire at their house that was reported on the news because it became a health issue there's actually a a video of bob saying like hey why are you recording the house you're going to get us thrown out by the health department and another thing is that bob knew that chris would have little hope in finding friends so he would pay or bribe other kids to spend time with him and to befriend him one of the kids was a smoker and Bob would give this girl money to buy cigarettes in order for him to hang out with Chris at the bus stop so he had someone to talk to. This goes back to his gal pals, I think that was an arrangement between Bob and the principal about having this group of girls who pitied him basically protect him from bullying or whatever because I imagine that if Chris had a lot of interaction with other guys, he would have been bullied, but these girls were kind of like his shield, which good for them. I mean, I hope they had the right intentions. So in conclusion, entering his early adulthood, he was socially inept, self-centered, Spoiled, entitled, gullible, homophobic, and also he had terrible hygiene and smelled. And he was entering the dawn of the internet in the state. After high school, he had a job at Wendy's. He was fired due to poor hygiene. He worked in what we call the dish pit. When I was in early college, I also had a job working at a restaurant. And in dish pit, you tend it's a very hot, steamy place, and all the nasty food and leftovers go in there for you to clean up. And it's important that you as an individual stay clean. And Chris already had poor hygiene. And one time he basically got a bunch of rotten or, or a bunch of food on him when he was cleaning the trays off or whatever, and he stunk. And his coworker was like, Hey, can you change your clothes? You smell bad. And instead of like putting on new clothes, he took his shirt off and put it in the dish pit and started to wash it rather than like put a new shirt on. And so the manager and the other coworkers were like, okay, what, this is ridiculous. He would also take breaks without ha- asking permission. And he would get constant arguments with his coworkers because of his unwillingness to take constructive criticism and be polite to his coworkers. He even drew like unflattering pictures of his coworkers on the walls, <laughs> like really nasty images. And he got fired from that job. And for me, when I was out of high school, I got my first job and I was a painter. Unlike Chris Chan, I had a group of friends, I had a social network, and I had some experience. Like I said, I grew up on a farm, so I was limited, but I wasn't nearly quite this bad. But my first job, my first foreman was a meth addict, and he ended up getting fired like a month into it. He, had a very, um, he taught me a lot. He taught me to be respectful. He taught me that I wasn't special. And he taught me not to keep my nose in the air, not be snobbish or stuff like that. But unfortunately, he was rather abusive, and he did a lot of screwed up stuff. My second foreman was a very kind individual. He didn't put up with any crap, but he was very level-headed, and he gave me a ton of good advice. Eventually, got to the point where I really grew fond of the people that I worked with, and I wanted to just do that for the rest of my life because I was comfortable. I was in a good groove. I was getting good at my job. I was terrible at my job. Initially, I made a lot of boneheaded mistakes. I didn't have a lot of common sense when I was a late teenager but eventually i calmed down i got some good advice and i started working with some really good people and i grew very fond of them but he encouraged me to go to college because he's like if i could go back at your age i would have gone to college because i am stuck with this job i only have a high school degree and i'm not going to advance any further i have a lot of respect and admiration for him being a painter and having a you know 8 to 4 job really changed my perspective on life and taught me a lot of humility where chris really didn't change as much and he more or less remained the same, if not worse. And he lost contact with his gal pals at this time, which to me is further proof of coercion by the principal and that the fact that they pitied him rather than saw him as a legitimate friend. He maintained contact with one of his gal pals who he had a crush on and called her regularly, but she got a boyfriend and he became extremely jealous, and this was the start of his sort of loathing for men. And he shortly stopped calling her, or he stopped calling them thereafter. He went to community college. He got in trouble for making racist comments in English class, became more and more loathsome towards men because they were taking all the cute girls, and Chris was aware that his social skills were bad, probably because of Wendy's, and among other things, and because he didn't have his protection of his gal pals, so he made an attraction sign so they wouldn't have to approach females, but instead hopefully get them to approach him. And on his attraction sign, it was, you need to be cute, you need to be single, you need to be white, and you need to be in shape, and you need to make money and have a car. All things which I guess he didn't have. And his love quest was more about him finding someone attractive to lose his virginity to. Here begins the college love quest, which is about 2003. He was 21 years old, and he was looking for a motherly figure to take care of him and someone to take his virginity away. He started identifying himself as a virgin with rage, quote-unquote, and the partner he was looking for was unobtainable, because he had nothing really to offer back. He had all these expectations for his potential partner, but he had nothing to offer back to them. And this is something that is prevalent in the manosphere, in the incel community. Chris, I guess, was one of the forerunners of the incel community. Despite having no confidence to approach girls, and being aware of that fact, he had no desire to improve his social skills. And his sign caused a lot of students to be uncomfortable. And Mary Lee Walsh, remember this name, a new saga was the dean of student affairs, took down a sign saying that his hey, this isn't a way to get a girlfriend and you're soliciting sex and your approach is wrong. And instead of taking her advice with any sort of constructive criticism and apologizing, he goes home, complains to his dad. His dad writes to school, complains. Basically, his family becomes loathsome has a loathsome hatred for Mary Lee Walsh, and Chris would eventually, shortly later on, make a comic, and he would make Mary Lee Walsh a recurring villain. At this time, he started putting his stuff on the internet, started making videos, which he would later become known for, and in one of the emails and correspondences and newsletters that he wrote, he said that Mary Lee Walsh had ruined his love quest, and he called her a bunch of really nasty names. And he got in trouble again for his signs after the Dean had asked him to stop, and Mary Lee Walsh insisted that they have a meeting. He tried to get out of the meeting. He didn't want to talk to her, and during the meeting he had an emotional outburst, and he used a curse from a TV show called Dragon Ball Z called the Curse a Hameha, and during the middle of this meeting, when they're trying to you know, talk about his mental stability, his poor social skills, and these inappropriate things he was doing, he uses this curse on Mary Lee Walsh This was probably uh, wasn't really helping his case when he yells, screams this curse at her when she's trying to give him constructive criticism and analyze his mental health. After this meeting, Mary Lee Walsh banned him for a year and forced him to get a psych evaluation and receive social skills counseling. And of course, Chris goes home, whines to his dad, and his dad actually wrote President George Bush and his wife out of outrage claiming that his son was being discriminated against, claiming that Mary Lee Walsh was evil and that she was discriminatory and she hated autistic people. And of course, the president, despite my opinions on George Herbert Walker Bush, didn't respond because it was utterly ridiculous. It probably didn't even get to him. It's just this whole thing is just sad and hilarious at the same time. No longer able to put his signs up at his college, he went to Match.com, MySpace, and he made these ads for boyfriend and free girls. He would basically go and find these cute girls on MySpace. He'd send them messages. A lot of them were underage. One of them was on probation. He actually did get somebody who wanted to go on a date with him. But he found out that she had kids. And of course, Chris being selective, rejected to go out on a date. So Chris actually did have the opportunity to go out on a date with somebody. But because she had kids, even though Chris is like not a catch at all, Chris has no right to be picky, he rejected a date with her, even though she was attractive and met every other single criteria outside of being a single mother. Because, you know, Chris is this catch, and he deserves all the eight, the nine out of ten people. And another one of his ways to find a girlfriend was he would go to the mall, and he made this paper heart, attached a string to it, and he would go walk around the mall and toss it at girls. It's something he learned when he was watching an anime because Chris is so divorced from reality, because he doesn't really have any friends at this time, because his only source of social interaction are his parents, shows like Family Guy, anime, manga, and cartoons. He sees these things, and he assumes they're good ideas. And this throwing the paper hard at girls eventually got people to complain to mall security. The Mall security came, called him out on it. He threw a temper tantrum, and they threw him out. And of course, he would later write about that, complain to his dad, Bob, of course, being the white knight for Christian, runs to his defense, complains to the mall, and a whole kerfuffle ensues. So at this time, Chris has been banned from two public spaces, which is just further isolating him. And instead of learning from his mistakes, he just keeps going further, he keeps doubling down. And now comes the psych evaluation, which was requested by the dean. Uh, the psych evaluation results indicate that he was awkward but quite successful with dealing with his autism and overcoming sort of some of his uh, challenges he has a desire for companionship he's more or less no threat to himself or anyone else and also the big thing that i'm going to address later is that chris was aware of the fact that he had social issues that he needed improvement and that he needed help again very important another think of notoriety during this time was his Christmas video of 2004. And this is online. Gino Samuel has posted it. You can watch it. It's on multiple channels because it's very popular. And it sort of displays his interaction with his family. And it's a gift exchange video. And Chris buys gifts for himself. At this time Chris was getting a subsidy from the state. Despite Chris being a normal, high-functioning autistic person, He's still getting money from the state because of his mental disorder. He gets Barb a Lego set, even though Barb is at this time pushing 60. I don't think she's really into Legos. So he basically buys a gift for Barb, which is for himself. And he gets Bob a VHS and a DVD of anime, which of course, Bob being pushing mid-70s and being a Korean War veteran and growing up in the Great Depression, really didn't really know what it was. So basically, Chris, for Christmas, buys himself gifts and pretends they're for his parents. And then he has Bob read this letter, basically how, complaining to Santa that Santa didn't bring a boyfriend-free girl and put him under the tree. It's funny and sad, again, this is, the tale of Christian is, is filled with tragedy and comedy at the same time. And this is one of those instances where you want to laugh and cry at the same time, where Bob is reading this letter that Chris made. You know, Chris thanks Bob and Barb for giving birth to him. He brags about all of his accomplishments and complains to Santa. It's like, oh, well, I got these gifts, but I didn't get a boyfriend-free free girl, Phooey. And Bob's reading this, and Bob is just, one of the comments on the video was that Bob was, uh, basically like reading his last letter before his execution or something like that it's a very i don't know how to put it but bob is just it's one of those moments where bob is actually self-aware and realizes oh my gosh my son is a child my son is divorced from reality and you know bob just reads the letters tries to offer encouragement and the awkward ceremony goes on in 2005 so a couple months after the very awkward christmas video chris makes his first issue of his comic which he named Sonichu. This is what Chris would be known as when he first entered the internet world was for his comic Sonichu. And Sonichu is basically a mixture of Sonic the Hedgehog and Pikachu. So it's not terribly original. He just combines two characters into one and he focuses a little bit on that and then focuses the rest of it on himself. He puts himself into the comic and this comic would more or less become his alternate reality. And he would make a medallion Would make a website and this really is his first exposure to the internet another thing of note in this comic is that he makes mary lee walsh dean of student affairs and the mall cops into villains and he also reveals that instead of showering he uses axe body spray in lieu of showering because his reality is very much based on tv he saw probably saw the axe commercials back in the early 2000s many of you probably remember of These men spraying Axe on themselves and all these women rushing from all directions. Basically, it's the ultimate girl attraction is this foul-smelling body spray. And I've known people who wore Axe, and I think it smells repulsive. If It's your thing, it's your thing. So Chris, who already stinks and doesn't shower, is using this awful-smelling body spray. So it's small wonder. Why he was having trouble with females, where not only his social skills were terrible, he also stunk. And many people note this. Another villain in his comic book I want to talk about is Count Graduon, a very original villain name. Basically, this villain was Chris's way of representing his pain of graduation. And at this time, Chris was allowed back into the mall. Instead of putting signs, he just started pacing around trying to find girls. And just, I don't know if he, he didn't really talk to them. He just wandered around the mall, I guess, hoping to chance into somebody. And this was the first time somebody wrote on the internet about him. This was in 2005. So the internet forums and things like that were starting to become more commonplace. And somebody wrote like a thread about it, saying that this guy is just wandering around. And so this girl and her people at her store waved at him when he came over to their side. He came in, he tried to flirt. He basically walked up to this girl, Anna, and said, oh, hi, you look to be about 19. Do angels have names instead of do angels like you have names? And he's just like shaking because he's so nervous and he also smells and he fails at flirting. He tries to get her number, tries to flirt, fails, fails, and fails again. And they just correspond emails because she just was like kind of amused because he was just so awkward. She did note in here that he wears the same clothes every day. He stinks. And his hair is, like, greasy, and he just looks nasty. A few weeks after this, when he started to become popular with mall employees, he was set up on a fake date. This was his first instance of being trolled or pranked. Trolling basically is an internet version of pranking, for those of you who aren't familiar with the lexicon of terms. He was told that he was being trolled. He was told that this was a fake date because people felt bad for him. And when this happened, he had a meltdown, had an outburst, He attracted a bunch of attention, people complained, and he got banned from the mall again because he had had a fit. The mall cops basically had to drag him out because he wouldn't cooperate, and he was also doing the signs again, apparently, too, from what I understand. And he was charged with trespassing and disorderly conduct. This is all public records. At this time, he started believing that the mall cops, Mary Lee Walsh, and all the men in his town were in league to prevent him from finding a girlfriend or a boyfriend-free girl and for him not losing his virginity. So everybody was in cahoots. This is yet another example of him just playing the victim and falling into this alternate reality, his detachment from reality. In 2004, he met this girl named Megan. Megan is very popular in the Christian saga, and she was really his only one true friend. He met her at the game place. She was into card games. She was into Sailor Moon. She was into My Little Pony, and they started playing cards together. Initially, this was a fairly normal friendship. She was respectful and nice to him, and of course, because she showed him any sort of decency, he assumed that this was a way for him to lose his virginity, and he developed a crush on her. She, of course, declined all of his advances, refused to go on dates, and constantly asked him to stop asking her out. It wasn't going to happen. She kept telling him that. He would say okay, and then he would just return to his behavior. And she put up with him for a very long time. He also made a character in his Sonichu comic, Based on her, and he called her Sailor Megtoon. He actually started altering his comics to Sailor Moon style to try to impress her. He became obsessed with Sailor Moon and My Little Pony because she liked it. And, you know, he assumed that he became obsessed with her, what she liked. She might get a crush on him and she might let him take her out or something like that. Just very delusional. And during their correspondence, which was all public because Chris got hacked multiple times later on because he was very stupid about revealing his personal information. She emails him asking that he stop touching her, that he was making her uncomfortable. He would say okay, but he continually do this behavior. In his comic, basically, he started this fake relationship with Megan. Because it wasn't happening IRL, so he started making it happen in the comic. In 2007, he entered this contest to get a PSP, And the winner also got a free trip to Seattle to go to this convention or something like that. It's called the Parappa the Rapper Contest. And he wrote this long essay and he submitted this video basically saying that he loved Megan, he loved her so much, and he wanted to take her to Seattle. He wanted to get a room with her for the trip. And during this trip, he would fall in love and maybe she would take his virginity. Which is just absolutely delusional. And he submitted the video... And he had a mediocre attempt at rapping. It wasn't really rapping. The video was low quality, and it was silly. And there's no way in heck that he was going to win. But because it was a small contest, he got bumped up to, like, top ten. He got super excited. He wrote his half-brother, Cole Smithy. Cole Smithy has his own career and everything else. You can look him up. And Cole Smithy was the estranged son of Barb. And he had limited contact. He hadn't seen Cole Smithy in, like, five or six years. And he just randomly contacts him, and Cole Smithy's like, okay, I'll look at your video and I'll vote for you, but you need to ask Barb who my real dad is, and you need to let me know when Bob dies, basically, so I can celebrate because Bob is this terrible human being. They had this correspondence, and Cole was really trying to let Chris know that, hey, you're in a toxic environment, let's talk about this, I want to help, I want to vent my frustrations. Barb only loves you, she doesn't love me. It was just a very sad interaction where where Cole is really trying to express his resentments his trauma the way he was raised and some of the other things and chris instead of like listening to cole and being a good brother was just trying to get his psp and trip to seattle with megan so she would fall in love with him it's really sad and of course there were better submissions chris loses he actually admitted that he stuffed he made fake sock email accounts to stuff the ballot and try to get himself to win he contacted all All these people, including his guidance counselor and uh, his teacher from back at elementary school he contacted and tried to get her to vote for. I think this is the most effort he's put in anything in his life, just because he wanted to lose his virginity. (laughs) Try to lose his virginity to someone who wanted nothing to do with him. And this is after all those emails that she sent him saying, like, hey, I just want to be friends. Like, I'm not into this relationship thing. He would eventually write Megan a letter saying, Hey, I lost this contest. This sucks so bad. We were going to do all this special stuff. And Megan, of course, is not having any of this. And she responds, telling him he's crossed the line for the last time. He's tired with his obsession. And that she never would have gone with him to Seattle anyways. <laughs> she actually said that she's glad he lost the competition because she never would have gone with him. And he would have to try to... He probably would have brought his mom. I'm pretty sure he would have brought his mom if Megan wouldn't have gone. But there was no chance of him winning it anyway. And slightly after this, he makes his video addressing the world at 25. This is one of his more popular videos. He considered if he was making an opus, he wanted it to be educational. He played all these schools. It never did. It just became an intro to people who want to go down the Chris Chan rabbit hole. And in this video, he more or less says, don't smoke tobacco. He says that boys need to get a My Little Pony figure, pretend it's the girl they like, so they can like treat it the way they want to treat her. He said that girls need to get Transformers and pretend it's the boy they like in order to gain confidence and treat this toy like they would the boy they like. He says that girls need to lower their standards. He says stay straight and stay true to gender, which is ironic because Chris would later transition to a girl and he was never straight from the get go. I don't think I've mentioned this yet, but Chris was very much bisexual. His homophobia, partially learned and partially because he was very scared. Of the fact that he was actually attracted to men he didn't want to address that and i can kind of relate to this being at 25 i was starting to come around to the idea that like i like both genders but very much like oh well i'm a man's man this is the very much the time i was trying to be like my dad or whatever trying to be this ultra masculine figure it didn't work very well for me and it worked even less well for him in october 2007 somebody uploaded a picture of chris at the game place having an altercation with this kid Chris being 25 year old and this kid being like 12. Chris was well known for doing this. People found his Sonichu website his website with his comic and a bunch of people submitted quote-unquote fan art and it was all like a lot of it was like gay acts and stuff like that and pornographic images and despite this being disgusting Chris was just like oh my gosh I finally got the fans that I've wanted and he started sending emails to all these people So all these people that were trolling him now have access to all of his email accounts. This website called 4chan, which is this group of trolls, many of you probably know what 4chan is, it's very popular, and Encyclopedia Dramatica started documenting Chris, and Encyclopedia Dramatica would basically become Chris's downfall, or one of his downfalls. Encyclopedia Dramatica is like a troll's version of Wikipedia, where people submit and edit and alter like multiple people can go to these pages and edit it. So there was all these people going into Encyclopedia Dramatica and putting in Chris's personal information. And at this time, a lot of people that knew Chris in real life started being like, okay, this guy is really gullible and he's gaining all this internet attention and fame. So they started to pretend they were girls. And they would have all these conversations with Chris. They would send him fake pictures. And Chris, of course, being lonely, being gullible, bought into it hook, line, and sinker, and another thing that became popular was trolls started to make gay art of him and accuse him of being gay. This really bothered him. And Chris, in retaliation and in response, started making pictures with Sonichu and started making his comics pornographic in nature. He started making like his character Sonichu have sex in the comics and started submitting these things to Encyclopedia Dramatica to counter the trolls, all these sex acts. And one of them that he did, because he was so enraged by all this troll art, because he has no idea, he should have never been exposed to the internet. This is really his downfall. But at the same time, he finally got the attention that he was craving. He'd been banned from all these public spaces, and now he's getting all this attention. And even though it's bad attention, it's still attention. And a lot of these people are posing as legitimate fans when they're just really trying to troll him. Chris is what's called a lolcow. And lol means laugh and cow means cow. So basically a cow is somebody that these trolls milk for laughs. That's the best way I can explain it. And so they were constantly just trolling him, constantly getting entertainment out of this naive, spoiled, entitled individual. What they did was wrong, I will say that, but at the same time, Chris was also reprehensible. And what he did, which really makes me start to loathe him, is to counter these trolls Megan was already in his comics, and he posted a picture of him pleasuring Megan. Posted a sexual picture with him and Megan. Megan initially didn't know about it. At this time, Megan started realizing he's becoming internet famous. And Megan was very much sort of a reclusive person. And she just was like, okay, there's a ton of drama swarming around this guy. I want to distance myself. And she basically started looking into this. And she found the picture of him with the sexual act with her. This is really sad. Megan was traumatized by that picture. It's online. It's disgusting. It was completely inappropriate, completely disgusting and cruel. I don't know how many times I could say disgusting, but it's an understatement. Megan told Chris, like, hey, uh, I saw what you did. It's completely inappropriate. and And we need some time alone. I need to reconsider this. Like, she wasn't even, she was actually willing to take some time off from their friendship and come back to him later after she had time to recuperate. She said, I'm really disturbed by this. This is really weird. This is a breach of trust. And rather than acknowledging that what he did was wrong, he actually wrote like, I'm sorry, Megan. I'm sorry, Megan, that I hurt you. He wrote that like 20 times. And then he immediately, instead of giving her space, he assumed that she was upset because she didn't know what was being depicted, what sort of sexual act was being depicted. She completely lost all patience, saying, I'm done with you. And she says, you know what's ironic? is that you're upset with people defiling you, yet you defile Mary Lee Walsh, you defile all these security guards, because she did not seen all of his art at this time, and you defile me, and yet you're upset that people defile you. You're a hypocrite. I'm done with you. Goodbye. GG. And Megan makes her exit. At this time, the pastor of his church found his online sex drawings. He expelled him from the church. He was banned from gameplace, which was his regular hangout due to his racism. Like, he'd play with these black kids. Mind you, this 25-year-old adult playing with these kids, and he would call racist names, and he'd have these outbursts. So, he's banned from church, he's banned from Game Place, and he loses Megan as a friend. His one true friend, he loses her. And the only thing he has now is the internet and these trolls. And in order to counter the trolls, he holds his comic hostage, saying that if the Encyclopedia Dramatic page isn't altered or changed, he is going to stop producing comics, which of course he doesn't do because he loves this attention. At this time, Bob realizes that his son is in dire straits. He writes a letter to Chris saying that Sonishu should become a champion for autism, that Chris should change his trajectory stop seeking internet trolls, stop putting all this crap up on the internet and really start trying to be a better force in this world. And shortly after this, when Chris is sort of falling into this troll haven, going down the troll rabbit hole into the rabbit hole that would eventually ruin his life, three trolls make up a persona called Blanca. They send him fake pictures. He actually puts Blanca in his comic because this is his love interest. So now that Megan's gone, he just gets over it, which is this is something that he does over and over again. He just forgets about Megan and moves on to the next thing. He has no remorse for what he did to this poor girl. No remorse whatsoever. No tears. He just gets over it and goes for this new girl that he's seen. This new persona. And he alters his comics to confront the trolls. He makes all these trolls into villains. This Blanca persona that the trolls made up ends up being a fake. He finds it out. There's another troll called Julia, which ends up being a 13-year-old boy. This Julia persona ends up making Chris do all these degrading sexual acts on himself. Like, this is really where it starts getting really disturbing, and this happens again and again and again. Like, I'm only a portion of the way through the documentary on Chris Chan, but this is where his life basically starts spinning down the toilet. He doesn't really want to address his weaknesses and shortcomings. He enjoys the attention he's getting, even though it's bad attention. People are faking him out. He doesn't care. He's getting attention. And again and again and again, these fake girls approach him online. He ends up getting his email hacked because he sends, he actually sends like pornographic videos to these girls, pictures of himself or whatever. And all this ends up getting posted on the Encyclopedia Dramatica page. All of his emails get hacked into. And that's how we get these correspondences. Another saga is the Casey saga. Casey, he actually met in real life. And he was super creepy, touchy, and not respectful of her space when he met her. And Casey had a fake boyfriend who actually took on Chris's persona. Chris's alter ego, essentially. He called himself Liquid Chris. Liquid Chris is actually a talented, funny individual who was fairly harmless with his trolling early on. Very much just playful and funny. Liquid Chris is actually a doctor now, fighting cancer. And in one of the confrontations with Casey casey has someone who pretends to be her dad get on the phone and he basically berates chris for two hours about chris just being worthless being a leech off of the government being unkempt being untidy and just basically never being anything in his life and it's just it's very cruel but it's also almost cathartic after what chris has done to all these people and how he's villainized all these people and anyone who attaches themselves to chris that's not like a part of the troll circle, ends up being dragged down in the mud. I mean, Marilee Walsh has had negative repercussions. Poor Megan is still having repercussions despite completely distancing herself. Cole Smithy is anybody who orbits or interacts with Chris gets involved in this drama because of him exposing himself to the internet. At this time, I'm going to start focusing on my conclusions rather than the history of Chris Jan. Chris has a remarkable ability to take abuse. And I don't think he is a true victim here. The Julia incident with the 13-year-old, the Casey's dad incident, Julia, the Julia incident with the 13-year-old, this individual called Blue Spike, basically made Chris do these sexual acts to himself, as I mentioned before. And it went on forever and ever. Like, it was some really nasty stuff. And basically, it was a hostage situation where it was like, okay, well, you need to submit these videos and do all this degrading stuff to yourself. Otherwise, I'm going to kidnap your fake girlfriend and the casey's dad incident basically was casey's dad pretending he was an ex-marine conservative basically just berating chris telling him he's worthless telling him he's unworthy of his daughter and chris just bounces back from these when they would have broken normal people and if the question is is whether is chris really resilient here or is he so delusional that he doesn't learn and will never break the cycle and i think it's more of the latter And during all of these breakups, all these fake ups, all these fake girls, and he would send these girls tapes, he would send them videos, he'd send them love letters, and of course it's all based on appearance, they'd send him a picture of a cute girl and he'd just fall head over heels. Like, Chris was the perfect person to troll for these people. And they would constantly just dunk on him. They'd constantly take him through the ringer with these, and he'd just get up, acting like nothing was going on. And a lot of people envy him for this, for being able to just go through all this abuse like terrible, terrible abuse, and just shake it off. And I think that Chris really just liked the attention more than anything, and that he was so delusional and so fed up and so caught up in his own little comic and in his own little world that he didn't care. This was all just a game to him. And later in life, he became so delusional that his life literally became a comic, became so isolated from reality. So I can't really say that Chris is a victim or it. He's not solely a victim. He's also a perpetrator of his own demise here. And it's interesting how he forgets. His only real emotional response, and this is something that he does constantly, 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 when people are just dunking on him, saying, hey, you're a worthless human being, you're a waste of life, he just sighs. When somebody asks him to like change his life, hey, go get a job, hey, you know, change your life, he just, ah, ah. <sighs> that's all he does. Like, that's his only real emotional response to trauma, It's just sighing. It's interesting with his delusions. One of them is that he thinks he's physically strong when he is one of the weakest people physically and, like, emotionally for that matter. But he can't even do, like, a single proper push-up. And yet he's like, oh, I'm going to beat up these trolls. I'm strong. Like, I can lift, like, a a plastic chair above my head And he posts like videos of him doing it. Just absolute delusion. He thinks he's special. That's partly due to his parents. And on the conversation with dad, with Casey's dad, he thinks that pulling weeds is akin to hard labor, which is hilarious. Hi there, this is your friendly neighborhood Desi with a late edit. Uh, At this point in the video, I sound quite harsh, but I just want to point out what this individual has done to other people in his life. And his overall self-aggrandizement, and his abuse that he's put other people through. And maybe that'll give you a bit of context to why I feel this way. He thinks that Sonachu is original and a creative masterpiece when it's, first of all, the comic's mostly about him and his misadventures, and Sonachu is not original. I mean, I guess it is. It's a combination of Sonic the Hedgehog and Pikachu. I'd hardly call that a creative masterpiece and an original thing he also thinks that he is contributing to society when he is held up by society another thing is that megan was his only friend and she displayed an almost supernatural level of patience with him but at the end of their relationship even she just couldn't bear him anymore and <laughs> sort of lashed out which i don't blame her for and even the mild-mannered liquid chris who was ended up being a doctor a very talented young man who's a very talented guy who could imitate Chris's voice, imitate his patterns, his speech patterns. It was very funny and amusing to watch. And he actually exited early on, but he came back, because he was so good at what he did, the trolls offered him attention. He was actually dating Casey, who was, you know, Chris, they had like a love triangle sort of saga, and the trolls were just gobbling it up. And in Liquid Chris ended up mocking him, making fun of him. There was this persona called Clyde Cash and Vivian G. Were the same person. They initially got tired of trolling him and felt sorry for him, and like, hey, you need to improve your life. You need to get off the internet. Sonichu is uninspired. It's uncreative, and the artwork isn't that good, and it's not going to go anywhere. You're just going to keep attracting trolls. And instead of like taking their advice, he just insulted them. And Clyde Cash, Vivian G, those personas, eventually became like one of his major nemesis because they tried to help him, and he just slapped their hand away. Like, a lot of the trolls, eventually, especially during the Blue Spike incident, Blue Spike was making him do stuff to himself, a lot of the trolls were just like, okay, this is over the line, this is terrible, like, I legitimately feel sorry for this guy. But instead of, like, Chris accepting the criticism, and trying to improve, and trying to change, Chris just went double down, and went further down the rabbit hole. And Chris's love quest... Every relationship he has pursued has been based on looks and based about him losing his virginity. He also has these requisite traits, like you have to be white. True love is blind. Why are you cutting off a huge chunk of the population if you're supposed to be pursuing love? And the fact of the matter is, Chris doesn't want a life partner. He wants a nanny because he knows his parents are likely to pass away because his parents are older. One of his few moments of self-reflection. And he wants someone to take care of him. He doesn't want to work. He's never held a job outside of Wendy's, which he was fired from. And his parents never encouraged him to go out and find work or employment. His dad, once he got into sauna, she was like, okay, well, my son has a hobby now. I guess that's good enough. And they just kind of let him do what he wanted. His parents spoiled him rotten. Now here he is in his late 20s and entering the, basically the downfall of his life, which would get worse and worse and worse. My conclusion and a lot of people are going to have issues with this. My best friend, who I introduced to Chris Chan, felt extremely sorry for him, saw him as a victim. They haven't like listened to all my reasoning behind this. This like I said, this is why I wanted to do this video. My best friend saw him as a victim of abuse and felt terribly sorry for him. But my conclusion is that rather than try to improve, leave the internet, pursue other hobbies, Chris continued to make the same mistakes over and over and over again and fall into the same traps. Based on his psych report, he has shown the ability to recognize his social ineptitude and shortcomings. And instead of addressing those, he chooses to engage the trolls again and again because he likes being the center of attention. Because he is selfish, lazy, delusional. And unfortunately, he has become the face of autism and he has damaged the image of other people who are on the spectrum. For those of you who are interested in more about Chris-Chan, this is by far not even close to the end of this saga. I really just wanted to address how he became the person that he is now, and the person that he would become in the future. And his story, I should say her story, does not end well. I will say that. Chris very much had gender dysphoria, similar to me. (laughs) And it's interesting how Chris transitioned, but he's also living in a fantasy world. I think a lot of the reason why he transitioned was because he had this dream of having this daughter called Crystal. Another reason why he wanted to find a girl is so he could give birth to his daughter called Crystal. He had a dream about it one time, and he wanted to make it happen no matter what. And once he realized that he wasn't going to find a partner to have his daughter with, I believe he came up with this Christine persona, or at least part of the reason outside of his gender dysphoria is because he knew that he was never going to have a daughter. And so he decided to make himself more or less into Christine. And this whole concept of Chris looking for this boyfriend-free girl for pursuing Megan and being so desperate to lose his virginity, not even to find true love, but to lose his virginity. It's a symptom and a sickness of our society. And he's a reflection of this. This is something that's portrayed on media. One of the movies he references is the 40-year-old virgin, and it's not the only one. Like, if you're a man and you haven't had sex, or if you're still a virgin late into your 20s, you're a loser. It's something that's portrayed in pop culture, and it is destructive. And also as a closing thought, where does this obsession with sex come from? This is something that is not unique to Chris himself. This is something that is a problem with society, where men are told that they aren't real men if they haven't lost the virginity, that being a virgin is somehow akin to being a loser. And I would ask those of you who truly see Chris as a victim whether to to question whether he's the real victim for the people like Mary Lee Walsh And people like Megan, and people like Cole Smithy, even, his half-brother, are the real victims for being associated with him, who've had their lives drugged through the dirt. Megan, despite having kids and a family of her own and trying the best she can to distance herself, still has that image, that pornographic image that he made of her burned in her memory, and that has traumatized her, and it's something that she deals with to this day. And I would say, from a cursory view, that it's easy to feel sorry for Chris. Chris is the victim of a lot of these situations. But he is also the villain. Chris has self-awareness. It's proven time and time again. Reference to Psych Report again, and this was at an early age, so it's proven that he has these these self awareness factors. And this is one of those cases where you can argue that this is a nature nurture sort of thing. That his parents made him this way, his parents fostered this sort of behavior. His parents also advised him to get off the internet. There's a popular video of Bob coming in after he's received all these calls saying that Chris is trying to harm himself. But at the end of the day, Chris made the active and aware decision to pursue this lifestyle because he is an attention seeker, even if it's negative. I think I've addressed all that I want to on this topic, and this isn't the the most happiest of videos. I think this is just more of a lesson of what not to do, and those of you who are parents, this is a dangerous world for somebody who isn't prepared to have their information leaked if they're not careful, to be hacked, to have their information stolen. It's a dangerous place to grow up, the internet. And on future episodes, I, I don't know if I'll address Chris Chan again, in future episodes, I want to focus on historical figures, fantasy, that sort of thing, sort of more lighthearted topics, but this is something that's been weighing on my mind for quite a while, and it's something that I'm, I needed to get off my chest and put on some sort of public medium. I'd love to hear anybody's thoughts about this, and if there's future interest, I'd be willing to go more down the rabbit hole with this, but i need some time to prepare. But anyways, thank you all for listening. I hope you have a good rest of your day and a good rest of your week